everybody. Welcome to today and welcome to the Death Valley Girls podcast. I'm Bonnie and I'm here to talk with our heroes about all things exciting and supernatural. On this episode, we have hero Gabby Herstick. Gabby is one of our favorite witches and an expert in sex magic. She is the author of Inner Witch, Bewitching the Elements, and Embody Your Magic. She also writes ritual guides in a column for High Times called High Priestess. Here we get to talk to her about her evolving relationship with sexuality, sensuality, spirituality, and self-love. Please welcome to your head and heart, Gabby Herstick. Hello, Bonnie. It's so good to see your lovely face, even though it's through a screen. It's so good to see you, too. Happy birthday. Thank you. I'm still celebrating in my heart, even though it was a week ago. So thank you. I think you deserve like a month for your birthday. (sighs) Thank you so much. Thank you. I feel like Aquarius people deserve like maybe even two months. Oh, my God. Thank you. Being so much fun all year round. Well, I love Pisces season two and I love like Valentine's Day, even though it's really commercialized and I love the spring equinox. So I'm just I, I feel like it's a good time of year. I'm I'm ready for the the changes. Yeah. Wait, so you were saying um what what is tomorrow? What what's up with tomorrow? Yes. So tomorrow is February 11th and it is the new moon in Aquarius. So the new moon signifies the beginning of a new lunar cycle, which is 28 days. So this is when there's no light from the sun reflected on the moon. The moon is dark. And because the moon represents our subconscious, our connection to psychic, our psychic senses, um, our connection to our intuition and the really kind of like liminal, etheric, astrally dreamy energy that the moon rules over. Um, very watery because you can think of how the moon connects with the ocean and the tides and how our bodies are made of water. Um, this is a time when we can do a lot of shadow work, when we can go inward, when we might be more focused on our internal world and internal landscape versus like what's going on in the physical. But new moons are also when we can manifest when we can plant seeds because we have the time from the new moon up until the full moon, when the light is growing to manifest, to connect with whatever it is we want to draw in, whether that is something physical or not. And tomorrow we have the new moon in Aquarius, which is ruled Aquarius is traditionally ruled by Saturn, which is the planet of structure of time of boundaries. Um, and traditionally it is ruled by Uranus, which is the planet of upheaval and trans- sudden transformation. Um, so there's this kind of balance between like creating and Aquarius is a very humanitarian sign. It's very interested in what's best for the collective and really wants the collective to move forward for the highest good of all. Um, so there's like this energy of like an alien time tra- traveling from the future into the past. I feel like, like Aquarius is like very ahead of the curve. Um, but it's also this like eccentric energy that is very grounded in like boundaries. It's, you know, Aquarius can be like, honestly, somebody like me, I'm, I have my son, Venus and Mars and Aquarius and I, spend my days doing a lot of woo-woo shit. Um, but Aquarius can also be a scientist who's like making these incredible leaps and bounds to serve humanity. Um, so I call them the disciplined, I call it the energy, the disciplined eccentric, because there is this like Saturnian ability to fucking get shit done, but like not in a way that other people expect them. So tomorrow 
not only do we have this chance to really get in touch, like with whatever we want, because you, or whatever is important to us. Aquarius is an energy that is very committed to knowing themselves and to living that truth, um, which is something that I think we can all use more of. And we have the, um, a lot of us have that time to go inward and figure out what those things are that make us tick. Um, but we can really honor that and like take the time tomorrow to work with this new moon up until the full moon to create these structures and implement these implement things that can help us live more aligned with our truth, regardless of how weird or out there or like unacceptable it may be because Aquarius really wants us to like honor that. Um, but we also, you know, it's like, obviously we have the sun and the moon and the same sign during a new moon or not obviously, but that's what happens during a new moon. Um, but we also have a bunch of other planets. We have Saturn and Jupiter in Aquarius, and we also have Venus and Mercury in Aquarius. Um, and then there's, I think some kind of, I don't remember, there's something else in Aquarius, maybe an asteroid or something. Um, but like, it's like a supercharged Aquarius new moon tomorrow. And like, as I sit here talking to you, you're wearing this like beautiful orb necklace and like green eyeshadow and your background is a bunch of flying saucers. So I just feel like it's like divine timing that, um, we're talking today and even, you know, I'm assuming this is not going to come out tomorrow in the Aquarius new moon, but like whenever it does come out, we'll, it'll have, it'll have the energy in, in this podcast. And, um, we're in Aquarius season up until the middle of the month, a little bit. I think it's like the 18th. We move into Pisces season. Um, so there's going to still be, you know, Saturn and Jupiter are going to be in Aquarius for a while. Venus will still be in Aquarius. So we're still able to kind of connect to that like radical revolutionary energy. That's so cool. Yay! <laughs> That's so cool. I feel like um without knowing about it, I feel like intuitively I've, like this this moment, this Aquarius moment, like I just felt like this is like being super super lazy and um my thing was like January was just like the last Sunday of 2020 and then oh my God, February yeah. 1st hit. It was on a Monday, so I was like, okay, perfect. January doesn't count. It's Sunday, not doing anything. Like I'm not even doing things I like. I'm not even treating myself good. I'm just waiting for February and not feeling like bad about it. And um, just cause yeah, I don't, I have that major thing of like, um, where you don't get stuff started cause you're afraid of like not doing it right or whatever. And yeah. I was like, I, instead of trying to do it right, I was like, I'm just going to feel good about not doing anything, you know, but I know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just had a feeling in a way that, yeah, February was going to bring about, like, some serious change. Um, has it? Yeah, it has. I think so. I mean, in the, like, um, in the, like, abductee and experiencer, like, support group that I'm part of, I'm not an abductee, but I just want to support people that oh. have been. But they've all been, like, saying this for a while is, like... um kind of sense of urgency of like mm. lifting the kind of like vibrations mm. and something and just saying that there's like their contacts and the people or the not people <laughs> the ETs that they're connected with have really been like just making it seem like this is an important time for humanity to like yeah. come together and what's all and it's also the same thing that like psychic mm-hmm. the psychic community is kind of saying like spirit guides and guides are really like this is this is the time like we need yeah. to, you know, and, and it seems like it is too. just yeah. like 
politically and and just like, yeah, the last year just being a year of, although it didn't completely work for everybody, it seems like a lot of people were just got brought down to their knees and mm-hmm. like, we're just like, okay, my body is the most important thing. Other yeah. people's body is the most important yeah. thing. Like, you know, and I think That's there funny. hasn't been that kind of opportunity, particularly in this country for people to care about their bodies. Like, yeah, absolutely. And- <laughs> I mean, even what you were saying about taking the time to intentionally slow down and rest in January, I feel like it's so important. And like so many of us were forced to do that in 2020 and like still are doing that. And like, I mean, I think a big part of the reason, like so many of us feel like we need to be productive and like the fact that if we're not producing something or making something, then like there's this feeling of worthlessness is because it's just, it's capitalism. That's what literally like capitalism wants us to feel. It wants us our worth to be, to be based on our productivity. And I think that, um, you know, part of the 40 hour work week is the fact that like you have, you know, you work every single day. If you're in LA or somewhere like LA, like you're commuting. Um, and then you have two days during the weekend to like, you know what, like run errands, take care of your kids, like maybe have a day to like relax. Um, and when you're that busy and when your nervous system is like that fried from like having to be on all the time and like not having proper rest, like you can't really digest what's going on in the news. You can't really digest what's going on culturally. You can't really digest like what your body needs. Cause you don't have that time to like slow down and really tap into it. Cause as soon as you do, it's like Sunday night and you have to go to work the next day. Um, so I totally agree. And I do feel like there's this sense of like recognizing like how important our breath is, how important our health is. And like the fact that, you know, the powers that be, whether it's like God, goddess, source, whatever you believe in. And even like the government, like more so the government, like they're not always going to be there for us. And a lot of people already knew that, but like helping one another and being there for one another and like having faith and connecting to like ritual and like community has been so vital. And I totally agree with what you said about like our body's the most important thing. Cause it's all we have. Like that's the only vessel that we're given, which like really trips me out sometimes. To yeah. think about. It's like, <laughs> I have to be stuck with myself for like 80 more years. That's such a long time. Like I have to be stuck with these thoughts. So, you know, I can only do so much, but the work it's important to do. Yeah. I had a really, it's funny that some thoughts like, um, come super hard when they come and then and they're so like important and it seems like oh why don't I worry about this every second but like two nights ago I was just laying in bed kind of like you know as you do before you go to sleep and I was just like oh my god like my this is my body like I'm just my body like my body's carrying me around like Mm -hmm. I should have like, and then I just started thinking about like all the drugs I did as a kid and like trying to mess with my head and like experiment and all of the dumb stuff, you know? And I was just like, man, like that same body is going to be here the whole time. And I mm-hmm. never really considered living past like 20. Like it just, yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way, but I, I really yeah. was like, I can't see it. And now I'm just like, dang, like you gotta like, take it serious and that's why I really like love 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 you I think like um I think some people are tapped into their bodies and you know and like um like Pickle our bass player like she's she's a good like self-care person she has like to me what that means is like she takes baths and like Mm -hmm. and enjoys them and like bath bombs and like 
has tea and like um what essential oils and like all of these things that are like for her like you know and uh um but you you take it to like a another level of like where it's divine and also like sexual and i think um yeah i guess i just like do you feel like your sexuality and stuff like that if it's okay to ask is um like i mean it's obviously you're working on it and learning new things and and you're not scared of it but um, were you like always that way, or is it just the more like tell tell me about your sexual sexual history yes. of, of just growing into this like amazing person that knows what they want and is experimental? Thank you. Well, yeah, I feel like I I have always like loved like like sexy aesthetics. I've always been really drawn to like boobs and like short skirts and like always have loved dressing slutty but like I didn't I was a late bloomer in like every sense of the word like I got my period when I was last day of freshman year of high school uh I don't have a lot of boobs they didn't really come in until after that and like I didn't have my first kiss until spring break of my senior year of high school like I was 18 um I just was like you know, it just took me a long time to get really comfortable. And I didn't really start. I didn't even have sex. Like, you know, I think, I think part of it is like that we have, at least for me, like reframing what sex is or more so expanding what that can mean has been really powerful in helping me explore my desires. Cause like, I didn't have, you know, like penetrative sex and it quote unquote lose my virginity, virginity being a fucking fake ass construct doesn't exist. I like was like, Oh, like, you know, there's a Smith that it's like, okay, well the first person you have sex with, if you're not in love, you're going to get really attached to them. And like, you're going to be really needy and clingy. So like, I was scared of that. So like I did everything, but have like penetrative sex. And I didn't do that till I was 21. And like, then I started exploring or doing that more, but like, I, I, I've, I'm not, <sighs> it's so complicated because it's not complicated, but it's weird because like, I'm very open about like my sexual, sexual exploration, but like, I don't think I like, I'm sure people think I'm having a lot more sex with other people. And I actually am like, I'm very picky about my partners because like I have had partners who like haven't respected my boundaries and like who, you know, who hasn't like what modern fucking woman hasn't had somebody that like, doesn't fucking honor their boundaries. Like it's just something, unfortunately, so many of us have to have, I've had to deal with, but like, I, you know, I've had these experiences that have been so far that it definitely taught me what I want. But I really think that a big turning point in my sexual erotic journey was when I was 21 or 22. Um, and I started practicing sex magic. So I, I started realizing that, or I, re I realized, I don't even remember the first time I practiced sex magic, but I realized that I could use my orgasms and my sexual energy as a way to fuel and charge my spell work and my rituals and that I could use my orgasms as a way to power that. Um, but it's really when I started working, um, with the goddess Venus, who was a Roman goddess of love and desire and pleasure and victory, um, and fertility and beauty and war that I, I started working with her and I, I, I had this kind of aha moment where it's like, my sexuality is like, is, you know, I, I use the word sacred because it's something that feels very important to me and because it connects me to the divine. Um, but like also like I'm, I totally support, you know, like I think being 
sex positive means supporting whatever people want to do to explore their sexuality, whether that means not have sex with anybody or to be, you know, like have sex with a bunch of people. Um, and like, I, one of my friends, um, Lenore Black, who's also a sex witch, and she brought this up in, in a caption, I think, on Instagram, where it's like, this idea that sex has to be sacred is kind of like a Christian construct that like, sex has to be between like a married, like a, a married woman and a man, because like, that makes it sacred when it's like, it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to do it in a ritual setting, you don't have to do it with a partner for it to be something special. And like, I've just been really thinking about that, because most a lot of the sex like I've had with other partners hasn't been, you know, quote unquote, sacred sex, it's been, you know, like, fuck buddy hookup situations, which is what I've wanted, which is great. But for me, like, connecting to my sexuality by myself for myself as an offering to goddess and like exploring what feels good connecting to my body um and then eventually incorporating kink and bdsm into that has been like a really big part of my magical practice um because so because my practice with witchcraft is really rooted in goddess worship and like the divine feminine which I really think is an energy and a frequency that connects us to our hearts and to creation and to for, like the ability to bring things into this world, whether it's music, whether it's a baby, whether it's a sense of love, a community, like to me, goddess energy is expansive. It doesn't really connect with biology. That, that's not part of it at all. It's a frequency. Um, but because m- my practice with witchcraft is like, so rooted in worshiping the goddess um i started like embodying that and seeing myself as a reflection of her and also (laughs) thank you and also like accepting the desires that i have that are subversive and that like go against the you know norms that society wants me to follow um and part of that also has been the fact that like i have you know i've dated i've yeah, I've dated people, I've fucked, whatever, but I've never been like, I've never had a boyfriend. I've never been in a relationship. Um, and like, I'm, I just turned 27 and like, that is something I used to have a lot of shame around, but like, I have so many friends who are in the same boat. And like, I think part of my own sexual journey has been honoring the things that I like want in a relationship and like honoring the desires that I have and like not settling because I know how to give myself the things that I want. Like I really had to go through this journey three or four years ago where like, I wasn't really receiving the romance and love and sex that I wanted to receive. And I had to figure out how to become my own lover and like how to give that to myself. And that was a really, that was a time where I was, um, I was kind of celibate. Like I wasn't hooking up with anybody. I wasn't having sex. Um, and it was really powerful. And I think that having that kind of, it, it was empowering because I was like, Oh, like I can get myself off. I can tie myself up. I, you know, spanking yourself, not as fun as somebody else spanking yourself, but like, Oh, like I can incorporate all of these elements of like kink into my own practice by myself. And like, then I, I feel connected to that part of myself without having to settle for somebody who's not going to fully honor it. That's awesome. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people don't, don't like have sex so young that they don't even know it's for them. Like, I think, and I think that that's, I think a lot of people don't even ever realize it's for them and, Mm -hmm. um, and that they can use it, um, for themselves to empower themselves and like, yeah, I kind of thought one day I would like grow up and like just be like a woman and just like walk into a room and be like, you know, just like you're a woman now, like and everyone's going to like look at my boobs and I'll be like, yeah, but it's like 
I still am like waiting for that day where it's just like I own or the way that I you look at like other I just think of like Elizabeth Taylor and Cleopatra or something like that. That's just like a okay. woman, you know, like, yeah. and just like, kind of like, how, I always just wonder like how everyone else, um, like comfortably, or I guess it's not comfortably just, but how everyone else finds their like sexual being and like mm-hmm. becomes, that becomes part of them instead of like a separate thing. And I, I don't know yeah. if that's like, society maybe it probably is everything is yeah. but it's just like i think it's just so cool that you're like exploring it and that your relationship with it is is so personal because you took the time like yeah. um you know like my best friend in high school like didn't have sex until a, like in her 20s and mm-hmm. um and i kind of thought it was like funny cuz it wasn't for any reason like she just was waiting for whatever a different yeah. like the right person or whatever but it was like it made so much sense because when she finally did it was for her it wasn't yeah. like, and I feel like yeah that's a problem it's a huge thing is I think a lot of women and maybe men too like have sex for the other person or have yeah. sex for reasons that aren't for being in the moment and I think most people have a hard time being in the moment even yeah during sex and I think that that sucks <laughs> yeah it's hard and I mean like I am I I am somebody who like thinks a lot it's always in my head it's always like future tripping like part of my work with my spiritual practices to ground and to be present. It's so funny. Like this time last year, I was like, you know, I really want to like be more patient and be more present. Like, and then the universe is like, bitch, you got it for a whole year. You're not able to go anywhere. Like, oh my God. I like really detest being bored. Like I hate being bored. And like, it took a long time during co- like quarantine pandemic time to like get there. But like, once I got there, I was like, I can't do this. I hate this. And then I found something else to do. But um, I, you know, it's like, and I think because I haven't, you know, been like, oh, like this person wants to have sex. I should have sex with them. Like, I guess I, I kind of have just like with like people I wasn't like super interested in that I was kind of dating or hooking up with. But I think that it is important to like figure out like what you want and like take the time to explore it if sex is something that's important to you. And like remembering that like you deserve pleasure and like there's nothing wrong with that. Like we're not taught that. We don't really, you know, like, I mean, I didn't have a very, I, I remember like watching a cartoon about like sex. Like I was in Georgia and we didn't have abstinence only education, which is great. Um, but like we didn't learn about anything like related to pleasure, like the clit, like there's just not, there wasn't that kind of awareness. And I, I think too, with like social media and with TikTok and with like blogs and sex toy companies like they're obviously there's a commercialization of sex and like people are trying to sell you things to like make you feel good and there's also this like democracy oh my god i'm not even gonna try to say it there's this like uh you know how sometimes my my brain worms i'm just like i can't say this word but i can see it in my head life of being a writer um there's this like ability to connect with so much knowledge and wisdom like at our fingertips like and i think that because that can spread through the internet like the the generations under us like aren't going to have the same kind of like trauma with their sexuality that like our parents had who were like totally the stork comes and you get a baby and then they're like on your wedding night you're like what the fuck is this like well, yeah i remember to like see a naked person we had to go like <laughs> which is so funny to think about this but we like went there's like, you know, LA Express, the yeah, paper. Okay. 
Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's like a paper that has like um ads in it. I guess I don't even know if it's still there, but it's like sex paper. Sex paper. Oh, got it. Smut rag as they as it's called, but yeah, we used to like go there and like think like look for like stake it out, make sure like no one could see us afraid like our parents would drive by or, or you know, like a, a cop will drive by and like put in the quarter or whatever and sneak it out and then just like newspaper like that was like yeah i saw naked people like for the first time in like a black and white newspaper which That's i think so is cool. not that uncommon but it's like it's so funny to think about like yeah my nephews can see anything they want yeah. and like the ritual of like having like someone's v- vhs and like sneaking downstairs and like putting it in and like watching porn and being like what is that? You know, I'm being like so surprised. And um, yeah, I, I wonder what it's going to be like for it to not be like taboo as much. Yeah, like, sure. um, and it'd be so accessible. It's kind of scary, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> it's like anything. I feel like with stuff like the internet, it's like that. And that's like such an Aquarius age invention, just like freedom and connection with like so much knowledge and information, like at our fingertips, literally like connecting the whole fucking globe. Um, you know, it's like, I think of it like kind of like, it's like, um, it's an energy. It's like an egregore. Like, yeah, like it's like anything, like there's going to be really, really great things about it. And there's going to be really, really bad things about it. But that's just like the nature of this fucking universe where there's these like opposite ends of the same spectrum. Like, you know, like we're talking and we're not even in the same room. And like, how fucking cool is that? Like I, um, I feel like every single podcast I do about magic, I have to shout out my, the school I go to called 22 teachings, which is Naha Armadi, um, founded it. And it's a school of hermetic sciences and magic. And, um, we, I attend a weekly occult lodge every Saturday morning and we're doing it over zoom. And like, there's literally people from all over the world on the zoom doing ritual together. And like, yeah, like you can fucking, you know, probably like buy something horrible on the internet and like the black, like the dark web or whatever. And like, yeah, like you can probably access some really fucked up shit, but like also like the internet allows us to do things that we've literally never done before. I mean, back in the day, like before we think ancient Egypt was even there, like I think that they had technologies that surpass what we have now, but that's a different conversation. Well, anyway, can I just ask yes. one thing about yes. that conversation? Yes. Do you think that that's like an extraterrestrial thing or just that there was an advanced society here that was terrestrial? I think it was honestly, like I kind of do think it was probably extraterrestrial that came here and like brought the wisdom and like, you know, like I was, I've been watching a lot of Gaia TV. I don't know if you like are familiar. They're fucking, there is some really stupid shit on there. Like there's definitely some like conspiracy shit, conspiracy theory stuff that like I don't fuck with. But like <laughs> one of my favorite shows on there is called Ancient Civilizations. And like it's just fascinating. Like the, the fact that there's like pyramids all over the world, the fact that they have like these like resonances with different energies, the fact that they're like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting to study like different mythologies and see the overlaps and then like go back and like see the different pyramids and like see the ancient structures and like. Well, also, yeah, totally. I think just knowing that like so many cultures have, um, like all the medicines and plant stuff and like how the, just like, Oh, I'll just put these two plants together. And then this, you know, it's like the plants told you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, it's like, there's, and we haven't even really, we don't even know what's in the ocean. Like there's so I know, right? <laughs> it's crazy. I know. And I think that's like also, that actually really comforts me. It's like, 
So I had this, this high thought one day where it's like, there is so much I don't know. There are so many thoughts I've never had. And like, it's so true. There's so much we don't know. And I think that's like so inspiring. It's like, as soon as we limit the knowledge we have access to, like, as soon as we think we know everything, like we're going to start missing out on shit. So I hope we, and I feel like that's such an Aquarius thing too. Like Aquarius is an air sign. Like air naturally wants to move and it, you know, like it wants to expand and it wants freedom. And I think that knowledge is something that should, you know, like not be limited. It's like, it may, it just makes me think of like, like Ray Bradbury, like Fahrenheit 451, like burning books. Cause you're threatened by the knowledge in them. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, they just found out like within the last 20 years that whales sleep like nose up, like up oh, in the ocean. And I, it's just like whales um, standing up. That's yeah, so just like weird. yeah, and it's it's so weird. It's like so y'all never saw whales sleeping before like 2000. Like yeah, that's so crazy. So weird, you know. But that's how big the ocean is, you know. Yeah, it's so um, true. Can I ask you uh, one question? Yeah. That, um, just because I feel like everyone, um, what's it called, uh, identifies as, uh, is so personal what you, like, identify, like, what would you say, or what would be on your cosmic business card? Like, if, if that seems weird, it's like, mine would be, like, um, uh, musician, dog lover, optimisticism, achiever, joy... Ooh. Uh, provider or whatever. I love it. Also, optimisticism. Those are two of my favorite things in one word. And I yeah. can't believe that. I, You're an optimistic. I am. I'm literally, I call myself an eternal optimist. So that would probably be on there. Um, which, uh, devotee of the dark goddess of love, um, eternal optimistic. What else would be on there? Um, fashion alchemist. Maybe sex witch instead of just witch. And then, uh, I don't know. There's so many. I have so many things that I like. Um, yeah, I think that's it. That would probably be it. Devotee of the dark goddess of love. Sex witch. Optimistic. Fashion alchemist. Um, that's rad. Yeah, I think that's it. That, that's that really good. Thank and you. Can you um, explain um, briefly or opposite of briefly, whatever that is? Can you explain uh, sex magic for anyone yes. that doesn't know what it is? Yes. So I'm actually about to write. I'm actually about to write about this um, once we're off this call. So this is a perfect brain warm up. Okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> magic is TLDR. It is when you use sexual energy um, and orgasms for a specific intention. So I describe magic as working with energy, action, and intention to create change on the physical realm. This doesn't start in the physical realm. It starts in the astral realm and the energetic realm. Um, and then that shifts and creates change on the physical realm. And through, during magic, during spell work, you will do an act that represents or embodies your intention um, or you write it out, you light a candle, whatever it is, draw down a god or goddess. Um, and if you're doing a spell, you will have to raise energy for that intention. So what sex magic is, it is when you cultivate sexual energy and sexual desire um, and pleasure as a way to send out energy for this spell. 
So a really like simple way to do sex magic would be to create a comfortable space, you know, make sure you're not going to be disturbed, make sure you're feeling yourself. Like it can be as quick as you want, but I really think that getting in the right kind of headspace and really honoring it as a ritual will obviously like create that kind of energy, like container for the spell to work. So make sure you're feeling yourself, put your sexy playlist on, put some, uh, you know, lingerie on or don't wear anything, whatever it is, have your sex toys and then think about an intention that you want. So your intention could simply be to get in touch with your erotic self. It could be to get in touch with your sexuality, but it could also be to like bring something to you. You could bring in love or sex. You could bring in, um, you know, money for your bills. You could bring in health and uh, protection for yourself, for your loved ones. Just because you're raising sexual energy doesn't mean that the intention of your spell work or ritual has to be related to sex. The sexual energy is just a uh, means to an end. It's just a way to uh, fuel that intention. So it can be totally unrelated. Um, so you'll, you're, you have your intention, you're in your space, maybe you have some candles lit, and then you will start like, uh, you can practice sex magic with somebody else. I'm going to use example of just doing it solo and then I'll give my little caveat at the end. Um, but you would, you know, start masturbating, making love to yourself. You can incorporate whatever you're into, whether that's like rope bondage or, um, you know, like stroking yourself with flowers or just like moving and doing some like dancing. Um, and you will cultivate sexual energy. So like, you know, like a masturbate, you'll start getting closer and closer to climax. Um, and you know, some people are like, you have to orgasm, but like, there are people who literally can't orgasm and like, it doesn't happen every time. And the it's, you know, it's like the more you focus on something happening, the less likely it's going to happen. So like, don't focus on that. You just want to raise energy as much as possible. Don't think about your intention. Like you, if it, you can try, you can try to keep your intention in mind as you're raising the energy. Um, and I think that sometimes is, you know, if your intention is something like connecting to your sexual energy, then like feeling gratitude for that as you raise energy is important, but you don't have to, because sometimes when you're too focused on something else, when you're trying to like masturbate or whatever, you just get distracted and then it doesn't work and you don't experience the feelings of pleasure. So you have your intention in the back of your head. You just enjoy the sensations. And then as you feel yourself getting to this peak of the sexual energy, as you get closer and closer to climax or orgasm, you will focus on your intention and just like send that energy into your intention. You can visualize it moving through the crown of your head into the cosmos. Um, you can just visualize it moving through your body, or you can simply just focus on your intention. And then once you're done, and you're in the afterglow, you continue to just like visualize what it would feel like to attain your attention, intention, like feel it in your body, just hold it in your heart and like, just send out that kind of remaining sexual energy to your intention. Um, so it's really just masturbating and sending out energy. Um, you can practice sex magic with a partner and like, I just really, it has to be somebody that you don't have to love them, but like, you have to trust them, you know, like you're, combining your energy with somebody else. So like, you know, like it's, if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. But like, it does have, especially with sex magic, like it does have this kind of thing where it can entangle you in ways you don't expect. And like, yeah. it's so much, it's so powerful to just do it by yourself that like, unless you like really have a connection to the person, unless you really trust them, like, is it really worth it? It might not be, but you can absolutely do that with like a partner that you practice magic with or a partner that you love and trust. Um, and you can just like both focus on your attention and like raise energy and cultivate energy together. 
Um, and I like sex magic because you can incorporate it into like any other kind of ritual practice, whether like you're doing candle magic, whether you're working with a, a symbol, like a sigil, which you'll charge with an intention and then destroy or a talisman, which you'll keep with you to draw something towards you. Um, you can also work with like amulets. You can use sex magic to banish something from your life and send that energy into like destroying that or banishing that, like whether it's a negative pattern or a negative habit or just like releasing attachment to something. Um, and you can just, you, you can also use orgasm and sexual energy and sex magic as a way to just like, as an offering to like God or goddess or the universe, um, or even to like your higher self, your HDA or yourself. So there's just like a lot of different ways you can use sex magic. And I, it's like fucking fun. If you're going to masturbate, why not like make it magical? So yeah. That's why not make every moment magical, but especially, especially then it's like, yeah, yeah. I think again, I think it's so hard for people to be present. And, uh, if you're not going to be present, then when are you going to be present? It's a good opportunity to manifest and work on magic. Um, and I wanted to ask you something. Um, you're an author. Uh, Do you, you have two books or three books? I have two and a half books. I have two full-length books and a guided journal. Okay. Um, so I think that that is so fucking cool. And Thank you're you. like just a writer and artist and everything. But um, I am curious, like, how does one write a book? Like, yeah. can you explain that? <laughs> yes, I can. I will say that, like, my circumstances for writing my book are definitely, like, unusual um, and different than like a lot of other people's experiences because I, I started writing about witchcraft in 2015, I believe, um, 2014, 2015. Um, and I started writing professionally about witchcraft, like actually getting paid for it um, in 2015 and and tw- late 2015. Um, and I actually got approached by a publisher in London called eBerry Press, which is a Penguin Random House imprint. And they are the ones who had seen some of my columns um, from Nylon. I had a column called Ask a Witch, which is exactly what it sounded like, what it sounds like. And then I had also written for, at that time, Vice's fem- feminist kind of like women's vertical called Broadly, R.I.P. Broadly. Um, and I used to write for like about like the solstices and the holidays of the witch for them. Um, so I had an editor approach me about writing a book. And then because they were, because I'd never done anything like that before. And because they were a foreign publisher, I found an agent. So usually what you would do is you would find an agent um, and you would send them uh, what like a, a proposal. So that would have your intention for your book. And I think that like for me, I found my agent, I, or I found, I got approached to write the book. I found the agent. And then, um, I came up with a proposal based on just like, you know, a couple things that the, the publisher wanted me. They were like, we want you to write a book about modern witchcraft, you know, like including like tarot crystals and that kind of stuff. And I like, it's like, okay, like, yeah, like I'll, you know, like I got this. And, um, I sent that to my agent. They met with, I had, I I found an agent. Um, and there's like a lot of different ways to do it. Now it's like, you can honestly go on Twitter and like search different, you know, like there's probably hashtags and stuff. Um, and there's like a bunch of different like literary agencies that you can find an agent with, but you would 
you create a proposal for your book, which will have a chapter outline for nonfiction. You don't actually have to have the whole book written, but you do need like a chapter or two chapters to show what the book is going to look like, what it's going to read like, and what the uh, like uh, demographics are, what the style is, who it's aimed for, which I guess is demographics. Um, but that kind of acts as like the skeleton for the actual book. So like having the proposal and having that outline is really important. And then you would, your agent would take it. Um, my agent took it to this publisher and they liked it. They bought it. And then, um, that book turned into craft, how to be a modern witch, which came out in, um, Europe, uh, three years ago and then three or four years ago. And then I, time doesn't exist. And then, um, was bought by a publisher here in the United States as inner, Witch: a modern guide to the ancient craft. Um, and, that publisher, Tarcher Perigee, is who I have published my other books with. So not everybody does that. Like you might have a, you know, your agent might sell your first book to one publisher and then you might sell your second book to another publisher. But like, because I just like have a good relationship with Tarcher Perigee and because like I, they're also Penguin Random House imprint. It's all run by women. Um, I've stayed there and they've, they've been great, but you would come up with an idea and then you'd make a proposal and then you would send it to an agent. And then the agent would, you know, if the agent accepts you, you'll sign a contract and then they will sell it to, um, they'll try to sell it to different publishers. So yeah, it's like, it's funny because like the, for this first book, I'd been writing my nylon column for like three ish months. And one of the questions I would always get was like, what books do you recommend for people who like want to start practicing witchcraft? And I literally, like, I remember it was like this time three or four years, four years ago. Um, and I was like driving and I think it was like the last day of February. And like, I got that question. I was like, I could fucking write this book. Like I get this question all the time of like, what, which book, like I should recommend people. Yeah. And then I got, I got a DM on Twitter from an agent, um, from a publisher who turned out to be my publisher asking if I wanted to write a book like hours later. So magic is real. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's, and then like, I'm again, it's like weird. Cause I feel like I'm sure it's kind of like the music industry where like, I'm like in the publishing world as an author, but like, I still don't really understand how it works like on the business side. And like, there's really like no transparency about rates. Like the amount that like, I only know what other people have gotten paid because like I've talked to authors and because like, to like help prevent this kind of like blinded, entry into this field people were tweeting like how much they would make for their books and how much they make for like the advance and stuff and like you know like i'm a white woman like i it's so much easier for me to get a book deal than like a black woman a black man like people of color and like it's important for us like be transparent about those things but um yeah like i don't really know how other people write their books some people will have like they'll be like i need to write this amount of words a day or i need to write for three hours a day and like yeah, how I don't do like you do that. Like, what? I don't like doing that. Yeah, I have a system <laughs> where like I will break down. Like, okay, so like for this, I'm right. I'm in the process of writing my next book on goddesses and working with different goddesses. And I knew that I had seven chapters, and I knew that I had like tenish months. And then like what I do is I will give myself time at the end to edit, and then I will like break down the rest of the time and figure out how much time I have for each chapter. And I'll put that all in Excel, like in an Excel spreadsheet. So I'll be like chapter one needs to be done on this day, or I need to start chapter one on this day. I need to start chapter two on this day. And then for each chapter, I will go through the proposal, 
figure out what I want to write because like your proposal will change. Like there's stuff I had in this proposal that I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm doing this instead. Like, it's you know, it's a skeleton, but I will go through like, you know, like this chapter and I'll be like chapter four and then I'll have like, I'll make a list of all of the different things I want to include in that chapter. And then I'll look at my schedule and I'll like pick a day to do like each thing. So instead of like writing a certain number of words or certain hours, I write like a certain section of my book. That, that so, like, makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I've, I'm, I'm really lucky that I'm not a person who procrastinates. Um, I mean, I procrastinate like a little, but like I combat that because I give myself extra time, more time to do what I, than I need. Um, so like, I don't wait until the last minute to do shit. And, you know, like, I think it's like writing. It's like, there's days where like, it comes to me really easily. And there are days where it's like a struggle and like learning to figure out when you need to write through that. And when you need to just be like, fuck it, I'm going to research or I'm going to read, or I'm going to do something else that contributes to this like knowledge that will make it easier to write is really important. But like, how do you, how do you, like, I guess it's individual, but how do you know? Because I feel like I am like a master procrastinator Mm -hmm. and I I'm also like a give myself so much time because I know I have to procrastinate yeah but I don't when I want to shut down I feel like (laughs) I I make it like next level I'm like the universe doesn't want you to work today so you're you know what I mean like yeah but I I'm yeah I guess that's why I'm asking is I want to know so bad like how do you how do you make yourself do stuff I think for me, it's part of it is that like procrastinating makes me feel anxious. If I have something that I know I need to do and I put it off, then what happens is I get, I just keep thinking about it and then thinking about it. And that takes me out of being present and makes me feel anxious. So I, you know, like I have been kind of lenient on like working on this book, like as much as like I could have, I'm not a workaholic. Like I, I guess in some ways I am. Cause like, I'm like always thinking or planning about my work, but like you will not catch me working till two o'clock in the morning. You won't catch me really working after like four or five o'clock in the evening. Like most days, like most days I'm done by like three or four and I'm like, okay, I'm good. Um, and like, if like, I, I think part of it with this book is too, because like I write ritual guides and like, I have like other stuff that I'm also writing and doing that. Like, I just like, I know it's hard for me to like write a ritual guide and also work on my book. It's hard for me to like work on my book and do something else. So like I'll do like one thing and then like read or like work out or like do something else. Like I'm still being productive, but like I might not be doing that. Um, but I don't know. It's like, it's hard. Cause like sometimes it's like, you really don't want to do it and you know, you need to do it. And sometimes like, you know, I don't know. I think it's, <laughs> I think for me, it's just the way my, my brain works and like doing little bite-sized chunks of stuff feels better than like waiting to do like a massive thing. Um, because that would make me anxious, but it's definitely like, like I rather just dress up and take photos and like do this thing I don't want to do. But, um, I also noticed that like, if I, you know, like put some good music, like some nice little fascia frequencies on, if like I have a perfume, I spray on myself before I write my book. And like, if I like sit down and write it with some tea, then like, 
it's always easier when you actually do it. I'm like, Oh, like I love writing about this. Like, yeah. why did it take so long? So That's I think it's, point. Yeah. yeah. Like sometimes you just have to start to do it and like trick yourself. Also positive reinforcement. I'm like, okay, well, if I do this and I can take an edible later, or like if I do this and like, I can take a bath and like read this book. Like if I do this and like, I can like eat this like chocolatey thing that I've been wanting to eat. Like having that also helps because it's like, yeah. Also, also, also super helpful for me. Um, the Pomodoro method where you work for 25 minutes and then you take a five minute break and then you work for five, 25 minutes and then you take a 20, a, a five minute break. And then you work for 25 minutes and take a 10 minute break. Um, and sometimes like the breaks are longer, but like I use a website, it's like tomato dash timer.com and you just press it and it'll like beep after 25 minutes and you can like set it to take a little break. That really helps because that helps me um, just focus on one thing for a short amount of time. That's awesome. So, That's, yeah. That sounds good to me. Thank I'll send you the link when we're done. Yeah, thanks for that intel. Mm-hmm. And then I have um, a couple more questions mm-hmm. for you, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, one is it's quarantine is over. There's no more coronavirus. Oh, my God. You take a shower, bath. You, like, mm-hmm. get just in your outfit. You've been waiting yeah. To like get into you get into it. Mm-hmm. You open up the door to your house and you leave. You start walking mm-hmm. and you're walking. You're going to go like meet all your friends and go to a show. What song is playing in your head? Like, what's your song that is plays when you walk your like best walk? Okay. Well, I, I'm, I love this question. It makes me happy to think about the fact that that'll happen one day. Um, okay. I have two answers. I feel like my, like one of the songs I love to like walk to. Okay. I have three answers. Um, all, all fired up by Interpol because it has a really good beat and it's like, I've got this soul. It's all fired up, which I appreciate the song Venus by Lady Gaga, because it's just like the best song, but like also like the fact like opening a door post quarantine. I'm like, that makes me think of Abedek Aminov. So like, I think of like your song, like no, that, like would be like, I just feel like, it was, like, it's such like a big song. And I was like thinking like this time last year, I remember just like dancing to that song and like fucking playing it on repeat and like doing all these road opener spells, which is like funny. Cause like, even though quarantine sucked and it sucks, like, there have been a lot of really beautiful opportunities. Like it's definitely still work, but like, I feel like post quarantine, like what a fucking like road opener moment that's going to be. So like, I just feel like Abre Camino would be like, like I can just like, that's so crazy. Feel you like, <laughs> I feel like I would be like walking. I'd be like, yes, it's here. The world is open again. Like I can't wait. I have like my, I'm like, I know what I want to do that day. Like, I'm, I'm fucking ready. Like I have to figure out the outfit still, but it'll be slutty. I'll be wearing a new bag. Oh my God. I'm so excited. It'll happen well, one day. I want to hang out with you then. Yes. And I yes. want, you should, we should make an Aubrey Camino video. If you. Oh my God. I would like, my heart will explode and come and all the things. So like, you don't have to ask me twice. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh okay, cool. Yes. Let's do that. Cause we're just like, yeah, that's what we want to do is just make, I mean, we have no choice but to make videos. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that would be so cool. I, I would love that. In our video. Yeah. I love it so much. I love songs so much. It's so fun to drive to and dance around to. And I just feel like once this, like, once we figure out how to, like, open the world back up without fear of, like, this crazy virus, um, 
we're all going to be so happy and so grateful for everything that I feel like there's going to be so much transformation and change really quickly because like, we're all going to be feeling, I mean, there's definitely going to be like trepidation, like fear at first, but like, I really think things are going to pop off as soon as it starts like becoming normal again. Yeah. I'm ready for it. Yeah. Well, at the beginning of this, like the first few zoom meetings, I was like, I can't do this. Like, Mm -hmm. cause I can't, interviews are hard enough but then like when you see yourself it's just like I just could not get into it and I was like just like I was like you look like a crazy person when you (laughs) and then finally now I'm like I'm appreciating that we have this so much like me too you know like we are hanging out right now like and it's so cool and it's just like I think that in that same way of like just learning to appreciate what you do have like yeah, when we're allowed to all be together, it's gonna it's gonna be insane. Like yeah, it's I'm just so gonna excited. feel so good. Cause I think I think it's hard to remember energy feelings. Like yeah. you can't like highlight it or like you know, you can't save it. It's, it's so not, true. It's just you can't remember and the the best feeling in the world is other people's energy excited yeah. with you. So it's like <sighs> when we're actually doing it, it's gonna be it's going to be better than it's ever been. I know. And like seeing you guys at the Edison was the last show I went to before all this started. And like that show was so much fucking fun. Like that was like one of my favorite shows I've like ever been to. It was so good. And like, (laughs) I had these like amazing, like I was like that. And then like a couple weeks later, maybe, or I guess a while later, like, right before quarantine, like I went to this, like my friend's book release and like a drag uh, artist. I love Louisiana purchase perform. And like, it was such a great day. Like Louisiana I had all these, the next it's podcast. A- yeah. Yeah. Love her. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I saw her perform and I saw you guys perform. And That's like, so cool. those two things have like fucking gotten me through. Cause I was like, those nights were perfect. Like yeah. we definitely tried to go to, um, Oh my God, whatever place that it was supposed to be somewhere else. And then we changed it to the Edison because, uh, Clifford's, you're supposed to go to, yeah. you know, supposed to be at Clifford's and like my friend Ivory and I are like, Oh, like, let's try going there for a drink. It was closed. And then we got like followed down like this, like not like an alley, but like we got like followed in downtown LA, which was horrible. But then like we went to your show and it was like so good. And it's been like sustaining me through quarantine because like that'll happen again like i can't wait to just like smile at you and see you fucking killing it on stage and like (laughs) we're all just gonna be so much more grateful and you're right like we don't like you're i you know like that connection that energy with other people is like so sacred and it's gonna be so so powerful once we can like all merge energy fields again yeah when we yeah dude when we people don't remember that's the thing is people don't remember what other people's energy feels like or what mm-hmm. a crowd of energy feels mm-hmm. like it's and like there's nothing like it like people coming together yeah. to be happy and yeah. to celebrate is like it's it's exciting you know it's exciting <sighs> and like yeah. i think there's also an electricity that started at the beginning of like 2020 that was like it se- it seems like change was going to come it didn't seem like this was the change that was going to yeah. come but kind of seems like an a part of the process towards good, you know, so that's okay. But it's like, I think that, yeah, I think that feeling will continue. And when we get to be together, we're going to just like cry. I know. (laughs) I know. I'm like, I can't wait to talk with my friends. Like I can't wait to smoke joints with my friends. I can't wait to like do things I don't, I shouldn't talk about on (laughs) a podcast with people. And like, I'm like my liver and my lungs 
haven't been smoking, haven't been drinking. I'm like, I'm purifying my body so I can fucking go hard in the paint when this is over and I'll be <laughs> fine. Like that's, I'm oh, like yeah. I'm trying. So we'll see. Totally. That's awesome. Well, I love you so much. Ooh, um, love you, and I'm going to bug you about the Aubrey Camino video. Cause I, Oh my God, please do. Like you do not understand. That's like, I, that's like the best gift. Yeah, you could- that's the, <laughs> that's one song. Everyone's like, why don't you have a video? And I'm like, I don't know. It didn't, the right one didn't come. So Let's talk about that later. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you, you so much for talking to me. Yay. So much. I love you too. Death Valley Girls forever. <laughs> Gabby forever.